earned media is incredibly valuable because whether or not you as the receiver of the media can articulate that term, you do know that there is a difference between someone that's on TV as a guest versus the used car commercial. The value that you place as the person receiving the media, if you will, the watcher, the viewer, the reader is what I'm trying to say. You intrinsically see a difference. So you could argue that any business would benefit from that value add. The idea that we provide a service, we have a founder story, we have an expertise or someone on our staff with an expertise that's so interesting, compelling, newsworthy, and viable that they are called on by the media for that. Welcome to the Women Choosing Growth podcast, where we feature inspiring stories of success, challenges of growth, and lessons learned from women entrepreneurs, industry experts, and thought leaders who have been through the growing pains inevitable as an entrepreneur. Whether you are just getting started or are looking to scale up your business, our show is designed to provide you with the tools, resources, and community you need to grow your business. Join your host, Tina Su, a lifelong entrepreneur and business growth advisor, as we explore topics such as marketing, sales, finance, leadership, and personal growth, all tailored specifically to the needs of women entrepreneurs. So if you're ready to grow your business faster and smarter, then this podcast is for you. Thanks for tuning in and let's get started. Today, we have Ronica Cleary, an award-winning publicist and founder and CEO of Cleary Strategies, a full-service public relations agency. Cleary Strategies provides public relations, media placement, and crisis management to leaders and corporations. Cleary Strategies clients can be seen in broadcast, heard on podcasts and radio, found in digital imprint. We have her on the show to help you decide if your business should be considering these media outlets. And if so, how do you go about getting results? Welcome to another episode. Today, we're going to be answering the question that I get a lot from business owners. This question comes in different forms, but basically it's, should I be on TV or should I be in print? Or do I even need to be in either of these to make my business known? So we brought Ronica Cleary, an award-winning publicist, to clarify the how, the why, and when different media options are a good fit for you. Welcome to the show, Ronica. Thank you, Tina. I'm so happy to be here. We are excited too. I know you're going to share some amazing tips and tricks. But before we jump into that, I would love for you to provide uh, a background on how you even came to be an entrepreneur, because I know your background is not typical and very impressive. Thank you for that. I really appreciate it. And I always did have an interest in an entrepreneurial journey, but I started a business many years ago when I was in my early 20s. It was called Ronica LLC or something. And it was this very broad communications idea, but I didn't have the discipline. I didn't have the focus. I didn't really understand what it meant to be an entrepreneur. And I quickly figured that out and went to work. Uh, and so through a, a series of various jobs, I did end up with a, a really wonderful and beautiful career in television. And that was very special to me. And my most recent work in TV, I was as a White House correspondent in Washington, D.C. And I did that during a very historic time. I was in the White House briefing room during the first two years of the Trump administration. And that's not meant to be a political statement either way. But as a journalist, it was just incredible to be there and to experience that. And so I did leave that job when my contract came up 
at the television station I was working for, for various reasons, which are for a separate podcast altogether. And I thought, okay, well, now's my time. You know, I'm a little older. I was just about to have my second child. It made sense to maybe dive into the entrepreneurship journey then. But again, I did not have a clear vision of what I wanted to do. And over time, I opened this agency and I thought of it, if you think, I look back at it now and I thought, okay, it's like a pie. And one little tiny piece of that pie might be providing publicity services for my clients. But I really thought the majority of the pie would be this very general idea, again, of communication support, services, writing, understanding how to manage different areas of conversation and communication. But what happened is, is my customers really dictated the way that pie ended up developing. And now the majority of what I do is what you think of as traditional earned media and public relations. And I really distinctly remember this moment where I stopped and said, oh my gosh, I'm a publicist because it was really very much an accidental publicist. And I joke, that's why my agency is called Cleary Strategies and not Cleary Public Relations, because that wasn't the intention. But I followed just where the interest was and what I was good at. And now makes so much sense. And that television background that I have really did lend itself to what we offer to our clients today. And it seems so obvious, but it took me a long time to get here. As it does for most of us, <laughs> especially those listening. You actually said a couple of things in there that we have a whole nother episode on listen to your customers to help drive the path of your business. And it sounds like you did exactly that same thing and, and in a non-traditional path. 100%. One of my a college friend of mine called me and she was start, starting a business and she knew I had this business and, and she said, well, you were on TV. Can't you get me on TV? And I, I, yeah, sure. I guess so. I mean, it was, I mean, I look to her today still, we're very close. She was my first client. That was a traditional earned media client. That's what she paid me for, for the retainer. That was all I did. That was the first client I ever had where that was the only service I provided. And it was life-changing. I didn't even really know that was a thing. And I said, this is fun and I'm good at this and I get it. And I, I was in the other side of the newsroom. So I know what they're looking for. I really credit her with being a key change maker in my life. You had said something earned media. Can you explain to the listeners what the difference between earned media or paid advertising is? Absolutely. And I do think sometimes I, I feel like I'm saying earned media and I think, does anyone know what I'm talking about? Because it is a very much an industry term that we throw around every day. But I think to a layperson, you might not ex really understand what that is. So earned media, it's the idea of getting media attention that you earn for something that is newsworthy or interesting or relevant to the news cycle. And we say that in contrast to paid media or paid advertising, which is media coverage you get that you pay for, like a commercial or a branded segment. I mean, because they're not always commercial. Sometimes there are they are intertwined into the broadcast or magazine. And so it's not always obvious. But the difference is, one, you don't pay for to get and you get that coverage because you were newsworthy and one you pay for. Okay, that makes sense. And so when you're working with clients, kind of give us a view of what, what does that look like for a business owner? Who should be thinking about publicists? Of course. So there is a wide variety of types of clients who seek earned media support. And the industry is really quite vast. I would say that earned media is incredibly valuable because whether or not you as the receiver of the media 
can articulate that term, earned media. You do know that there is a difference between something, someone that's on TV as a guest versus the, the used car commercial, right? So the value that you place as the, the, the person receiving the media, if you will, the watcher, the viewer, the reader is what I'm trying to say, you intrinsically see a difference. So you could argue that any business would benefit from that value add, the idea that we provide a service, we have a founder story, we have an expertise or someone on our staff with an expertise that's so interesting, compelling, newsworthy, and viable that they are called on by the media for that. Now, where that fits into the life cycle of a business or what type of business you have and will affect when you pursue that, and then also what medium you might pursue, because not every client is a great fit for TV, where they might be a great fit for a digital placement or a podcast or and vice versa. And that's where I think, even if you don't hire a PR agency, if you find your local neighborhood friendly publicist, like myself, I like to think I try to work in this way, they'll usually give you some sort of complimentary exploratory call to help you understand where you are in the life cycle of your business, what type of earned media placements make sense for you and what you might need to do to be a better fit for those placements. Because I always say that just as much as our clients choose us, we choose them. And that's not meant to be arrogant in any way. But the idea is we don't want to take on a client who isn't a good fit for earned media. And we cannot force media to cover our clients. People have this very, this misperception that a publicist is just out there calling their friends and getting favors and getting them on the Today Show. I think we're more like connectors. We understand how to present our clients and we know who to present them to, to give them the best possible shot of getting coverage. But there are no guarantees. And it's not just, I can take anybody down the street with, you know, nothing interesting about their company or whatever it may be and just get them a TV placement. It's, it is more complicated than what most people make it out to be. It's not nearly this glamorous, you know, do me a favor, you know, yeah. <laughs> and calling your friends. <laughs> not as easy as like, Hey, you've been on TV. Get me on TV next week, Tuesday. <laughs> right. Which is what, like I said, my friend, when she first called me, I was naive too. You know, that first client I had that hired me for traditional just earned media, I was a little naive as well. I really went through a big transition. And I think most publicists that stay in the business go through this transition. And when you first start, you think, oh, am I, am I nagging my friends? Am I, you know, oh, can you please put my friend on? Can you please put my client on? You know, you have these friends from the business. Could you squeeze them into your show? Could you make it fit? What you really have to do and what you want to look for if you're thinking about a good publicist or bringing someone in is you change your mindset to being a value add, not just to your client, but you're also a value add to the media, right? They need great guests. And when you suddenly shift your direction of how you're reaching out to these media outlets and say, I have something that can help you do your job. And you know, it can help them do your job because you're not just calling your friends, you're calling the right media outlet or type of publication or whatever it may be, where there's a great fit. It just makes the job so much fun because then you're not, you're not an ad. Now you're doing something really valuable for these two parties and connecting them. Makes a lot of sense and really clarifies the difference between paid media right? Because you're doing a Google ad or you're doing some kind of print, digital, whatever it may be. It's, it's more like almost like the push and the pull, right? It's, 
you're just sending it out to 10,000 people or whatever you paid for the clicks. But this is like, we want an expert in XYZ to come on our show and talk about LMNOP. And that person is now the expert. And that's where I get, I understand what you're saying too. You, there's a time and a place and a story in March might not be the hot topic until November of whatever that business may be doing or what is newsworthy. Am I on the right path there? 100%. And there really are some clients that, this is what you look for in a publicist too. It's like they have an institutional knowledge of the media landscape and industry to sort of know where you might fit into that. And some potential clients have the potential to fit into that news cycle pretty much 12 months out of the year. Of course, there's going to be a slow month or a fast month or whatever it may be. Other clients, it's really a seasonal or a cyclic type of thing pool safety, you know, if you, or anything related to that, I mean, it's probably only going to come up in newsrooms in the summertime, right? And so you would not most likely seek out a publicist if that's your area of expertise, or you've written a book about that or something. I mean, that's just the first example that came to mind. You probably wouldn't hire us in January, maybe in Florida, right? But for the most part, the idea is, yes, there's sort of a cyclic nature of it. So there's a nature... But there's something you think about in terms of where it fits into the media life cycle and then also where it fits into the life cycle of a business. So it's that publicist or a good, a trustworthy person that you're asking to be your connector is going to be honest with you about that and say, look, you could be on TV any time of year because you are a doctor and doctors are always relevant and newsworthy and helpful to the viewer, or to the audience or the reader, where maybe something that's maybe hyper-specific or hyper-local You want to be much more strategic about when you dive in and make that investment. That's a great point too, because when you think of TV, you do think of nationally, right? But I'm assuming there is times when that PR side of things is even wonderful for a business locally. If If it is pools in July and there's some great local news, you know, in Florida. There's nothing quite like the power of local news. A lot of people will come to us and say, Okay, when can I be on Good Morning America or when can I be on the Today Show? And that's great. That's wonderful. That should be your goal. Yep. We like big goals. <laughs> of course. I love them too. But do not discredit the value of your local news station where people know the anchors' names and people, they think about morning television when you have the, the traffic guy. Once he's done telling you the traffic, they send him out every morning at 9 a.m. to a different local business and people know him and it attracts people to your store and you get to invite people and say, look, Bob's coming to our restaurant this morning. Everybody come on out. I mean, there is something about the community nature of that that is extremely compelling that while many times national news attempts to recreate that and they can do it very well, it's just a different beast and it it has different results and different benefits. And so some local news shows have more viewers than a national news show. It just depends on the time of day and where it is and maybe a more loyal viewing audience. And that's the same. The same is true for a local newspaper or a national newspaper. There's just different value from each. You would be foolish and short-sighted to give a blanket statement that one is necessarily better or worse than the other. Are you an accomplished woman business owner with a story to tell? Do you crave a platform where you can share your journey, the good, the bad, and the ugly? Hey, everyone, it's Tina here. 
If you're fans of the show, then you know we are a show that celebrates the strengths and resilience of women entrepreneurs just like you. As we're getting this podcasting community going, I thought it would be fitting to an extended invitation to apply to join me as a guest on our top 100 podcast platform. I started Women Choosing Growth because I believe that real growth happens when we come together and share our expertise and our experiences. We want to hear your inspiring stories, the challenges you face, and the lessons you've learned on your entrepreneur journey. Whether you've triumphed over adversity or faced setbacks head on, your story has the power to inspire and empower other women just like you. This platform is for you to showcase your achievements, highlight your expertise, and create meaningful connections within our community. So if you're a fearless woman business owner, unafraid to open up about your path to success, we want you on our show. Go to www.womenchoosinggrowth.com and join our community. From there, you'll be given the chance to fill out the short application. If you believe that you have a story to share, then why not? Once again, it's www.womenchoosinggrowth.com. I can't wait to feature more amazing and talented women in this community. Now, back to the show. So local, national, I can imagine listeners right now are thinking, I wonder how I know as a business owner if this would be a good idea for me, if I need to get out there. What are some of the criteria to know? It's a great question to ask. Think of it this way. If you're going to do DIY it, Maybe you're not putting a dollar amount on it, but you're using your time and your time has value. If you're going to pay for a publicist or a PR agency, that has a monetary cost. So you you really should think through either the investment of time or money before you dive into this, because I do think people sometimes sort of haphazardly just say, oh, I need a publicist or I'm going to just do this myself. And they just start on this big journey and you should be more thoughtful about it. And so some of the criteria that we think is important for a potential client. And even if they don't hire us, just somebody that would be relevant or newsworthy would be, do you have an area of expertise that is talked about in the news? Do your local news stations or national news reporters call on experts like yourself? Usually the answer can be yes, but Sometimes there are certain industries and areas where where you just don't see it as much. And so then the question is, is there a way I can expand my expertise or is this not a good fit? There's no right or wrong answer. Another thing to think about if you have a brand or even a, comp- a service business, what is your founder story? We can book brands if they have a unique founder story behind them. So it's, it's actually very difficult to book a product, a product-based business on television if there isn't a great founder story behind it. Because then they say, well, that's a commercial. Go buy advertising. Please talk to our advertising department. Now, a digital placement is a little different because in a lot of digital magazines now, they'll have gift guides and things like that. So the story isn't as important. And that's a whole other beast that I'd like to say, if you do have a product or brand, that would be a completely separate podcast because now you get into affiliate marketing, which is just a beast in its own. But I would say... When you're looking at your business and say, do I need publicity? Do I have an area of expertise that's interesting, relevant, and sought after in the news? Or do I have a brand or product with a unique founder story? If you say yes to those, I think it's worth having a conversation, beginning the journey, 
in whatever way makes sense for you and your budget. And then, like I also said to you earlier when we were talking, I just think if your business is on the path to profitability, you don't necessarily have to be profitable because a lot of times companies that are looking to get funding will hire a PR agency for six months to say, can you help us get some coverage and brand awareness so that when we talk to investors, we can say, look at how our business is making waves. And that's okay. I just think that if you just started your business yesterday and you don't even know where you're going or what you're doing, sometimes people say, okay, I need a publicist. I need a press release. (laughs) Don't put the cart before the horse. Think about your business and how you're going to make money. Build that plan and that strategy so that you are at least, like I said, on that path to profitability. And then you bring in a publicist because when you're on the path to profitability or profitable, that also helps us do our job because you're a more interesting, compelling, successful guest, right? I mean, they want to talk to people who are doing great, exciting things in their industry. And so that helps us tell that story. I love that. That makes sense too. Like if I just had an idea and no no success or no relevance of just an idea, I can imagine that wouldn't be too newsworthy. But we have those conversations with people. People say, oh, I'm going to start my business. I'm getting ready to launch in a month. I'm. It's very rare that you would need, they think, oh, I need that publicity for the launch. But unless maybe if it's a restaurant or a storefront, very rarely do you actually. That makes sense. What are some other misconceptions that entrepreneurs working with publicists may be misunderstanding? So I think this one will maybe come as a surprise because of course I already talked a little bit about the fact that we don't just call our friends and, you know, cash in favors. It's it's really not like that. We do have my joke is my friends in the business all they get me is a polite email reply. No. <laughs> it's not it does not guarantee anything. It just makes it more fun to do our jobs. With a smiley face, right? (laughs) Right, right. Sorry, no, you know this doesn't fit, right? Why did you waste my time with this? So I would say it's much more of a, the industry requires a lot more institutional knowledge than I think it gets credit for. But what I was going to say that I think people might not expect is you do not need to be an amazing interview to get on television. And I say this because I think we are all our own worst critic. And it doesn't mean that some media training is not valuable. Of course, I 100% think it can be very valuable and can help with nerves and increase confidence. But some people, I think, just say, oh, I could never do that. Or I'm not good enough to do that. Or they're very hard on themselves. And that stops them from exploring the space. And I think that that's unfortunate. Because if you really look closely at a television segment and the guests, they're they're just people, right? They're they're local, they're regular people. It's the local business owner or the local accountant during tax season, right? What, whatever it is. And so I think that's unfortunate because you kind of second guess yourself and take yourself out of the game and lose the value of what great press coverage can give a business, which is that credibility that a company has been called on for their expertise by the news. I mean, you you can't replace that with paid advertising, though paid advertising is also still important. But I think that's always unfortunate when people just say, like, I'm too afraid. That's that's a shame. You should not hold yourself to this standard that is not there. Like a yeah, professional, the person interviewing you, you don't have to be 
Yeah, you're not trying to be, you know, the host of 60 Minutes over here, you know. But we all do. We know women like to put ourselves like, like very hard on ourselves is very normal. Just not necessary is what you're saying. What I like to remind most of our clients, we certainly support clients through crisis communications. And that comes from my background in covering politics. We understand crisis. For the most part, our clients are not being called on, though, to comment in a crisis. And I don't know if this is too nuanced, but I'm going to do my best to make this brief. When you are being booked on a show because of a negative headline that you were involved with or because you're running for office, an anchor earns their stripes by catching you in a gotcha moment. That is normally not the case of why you're being booked. You're normally being booked because you hired a PR firm and you're an expert in this field or industry and there's a cool topic, it's back to school and you know how to you know, get your kids ready for under $100 or something like that, right? And they want you to look good. You are there as the expert. And if you look bad, people watch it and think, well, why did you bring that person on? right? The intention behind the interview is completely different. And I really think when you recognize that, it should alleviate the fear because they do not want you to look bad. They do not want to give you a gotcha question. They do not want to embarrass you because the point of having you on is that you're the expert. So if they do that, then they look foolish for booking you. And I will add to that of uh, something that was just shared with me recently about speaking on stage. And it a lot of us, myself included, think hard, you know, want to be perfect and want to look great and want to present well and all the things. But this very dear friend of mine said, it's not about you. It's not about you standing up there. It's about the message that you're giving. And it would be the same for whatever video, television, podcast. It's about the message that you're giving. So even if you watch it back, and think, wow, why did I, you know, wear that today or whatever, whatever the women listening are hard on ourselves. It's really about getting that message across. Like you said, if it's getting, you know, getting your kids ready for school for under a hundred dollars, that's the information you should be focused on, not how you look or if you said, um, three times. And that's what the viewer cares about. I mean, that's why they're watching the segment. They're like, oh, I can do that. Oh, I have to watch this. Like, that sounds great. You know, or whatever the advice is that you're there to give. So I think being a, you got to get out of your head. And so that's something that I think sometimes a potential client will sort of discount themselves. Let us do that. That's part of the, the process of it being a choice. And we might say, you know, I think you could really benefit from media training. I think that's really going to help you. But if we feel confident in you, you should trust us because when we pitch you, and I don't mean we, per, me personally, I mean any publicist, we put our reputation on the line. So we're not going to do that if we don't feel really confident in what you can deliver. That makes sense. What about a misconception of if I'm working with a publicist or anyone in public relations, like how many leads is that bringing me? That is another great one. Not necessarily any. I, it, it really depends. And so I shouldn't say ever. I mean, for one placement, right? Like one placement, you don't necessarily get a million calls tomorrow, right? Even if it is the Today Show. So I think when you invest in public relations, whether again, it's through your time of DIYing it or paying for an agency, because both have value, it's a long-term investment and in strategy in increasing your credibility and brand awareness. Just think about you know, I don't have the data because I'm not in paid advertising, but there's these 
these statistics that say, you know, how many times does a person have to see an advertisement before they actually move to action, right? It's a lot of times. So really think of it in the same way when you're doing earned media, you're just not, you're not paying for it. So we like to believe arguably that it has maybe a little more value, a little more weight, maybe creates the action a little bit in a different way because people are seeing that you didn't pay for it. How cool is that, that you're there because you're so interesting and newsworthy, your business is so successful, but you should understand the human like mind and the actions that we take, we don't respond that differently. We're not necessarily going to buy the next day. And so I, it just takes time. You should understand it as a process. It's an overall investment. It should be a line item on your budget from, for marketing through public relations that you are willing to invest in over time. Now, there is a tremendous amount of value, though. You can't deny the value of just getting a TV clip, right? And then you can use that many times, right? So it doesn't necessarily have to be a 100 TV appearances for you to have value because you can almost create that repetition from a smaller number of placements by how you put them out there. Do you use them in some way? Do you make a sizzle reel that you can then use to get yourself booked as a speaker or you know whatever it may be? But just understand it's a, it's a long-term investment in your overall brand credibility and thought leadership, whatever it is that your end goal is. And you should realize that it, everything worth having does take time. I love that. If someone is thinking, yes, this is actually something I want to look into, what should they have ready or what should they have in place before seeking out services of a publicist? So you should definitely, unless you are strictly trying to be an expert or thought leader where you would just come in and provide maybe analysis on news of the day or like the example with a doctor, right, that I used or an accountant or a financial analyst or something, right? But if you run a business with a product of any sort and you want to get coverage for that, you 100% need to have two minutes of B-roll and some high quality images. That is essential and sometimes can be a deal breaker for even getting started with a client. Because if we don't have that, we can't do anything with you because TV is a visual medium. Now, of course, again, digital is a little bit different. You still need the high quality lifestyle images and then just some stock images. That should go without saying, but sometimes it's not that obvious because you're focused on sales or selling your product or making sure you're production is in place and you forget that you need that visual element. Media is mostly visual, even podcasts. I know in this podcast, there's not a visual component, but a lot of podcasts, they record it and put it on YouTube at the same time, or they create assets for social media. And they say, we need pictures of your brand or your product. And so I think we can make some things on our own, right? We can help you write your bio. We can, I guess, send you out to get some headshots, but really we are very dependent on the client to provide us with a high quality images. And then if they can in some way get B-roll of the production facility or whatever it may be so that as you tell your story, there is a visual to it. How much branding on the service side of business, if someone has service, um, professional service type business, I know you said to be on the path to success or profitability. So they're established. Do they need certain things ready, really clear messaging or anything along those lines if it's not a product? So I think you need to understand what are the areas where you can provide commentary with integrity and honesty, but not limiting yourself so much that you're never relevant. 
And so let's say you're an author. I think you want to think about the fact that you're most likely not going to get booked to just talk about your book. So what are the areas of expertise that your book helps to demonstrate? And you want to think through that. And then, of course, they would say you would be booked in part because you are the author of this book. So you would need a nice high resolution photo of your book cover. But for the most part, any expert or thought leader or service business, right? So if you're in the service industry, okay, so then you say, I'm probably going to be more booked or quoted as an expert or thought leader to provide commentary. Let me think about all of the areas and ways that I can add to the media conversation. I don't want to lie. I don't want to stretch so much that I'm talking about things that I don't really know. But a lot of times I think that people really are limiting. And that's where a convert, even a, just an initial conversation with a publicist, just to kind of think through it, can really open your eyes to the ways that we can make you relevant. Our goal is to get a handful of verticals where we can plug you into the conversation so that we can keep you on the roster for more than just a season, right? I mean, think about it. PR agencies are running businesses. We don't want people to be rolling on and off all the time. We want to find ways to make you relevant. So, and then you want that long-term success. Cause again, like we said earlier, it's a long-term investment and takes time. So really both sides have the best results. If we can find ways to do that. So for those in the service industry, thought leaders or authors, you think to yourself, okay, well, I wrote a book about leadership. Okay, what does that mean? When do we talk about leadership? Maybe graduation season, right? People are graduating from college. What makes great leaders in life, right? And then you think, okay, well, now when do we, New Year's resolutions, I want to become a leader at work, right? And this is what we do. We think, you can't just book somebody on leadership. So when during the year can we make leadership relevant, newsworthy, interesting? And so that's, again, that institutional knowledge that sometimes if you're not in it every day, you almost write yourself off. You think, oh, well, that's only interesting like one time of the year, right? Or something like that. Or, oh, they won't book me just to talk about my book. Then there's nothing that I can talk about. But that's not usually the case. Usually we can really have some fun with it and not do anything that you would argue is lacking integrity because we never want to book somebody and kind of force the square peg in the round hole. But if we could stretch things a little bit, we will. <laughs> There's a <laughs> <Right>. fine line. <laughs> Leadership's a great example of that too, because leadership can go in so many different, right. exactly. different realms. Yes. I just gave you two ideas. If you're a leadership expert, there's two ideas. And then we could do the <laughs> fall. You could say, how do you lead in this new academic year? Right? How do you teach your children to become future leaders. I mean, there's just so many ways we could do it. And so it's fun though. It's really fun. I think it's great. You have shared so much today. I Is there anything else that I didn't ask you that our listeners should know? I feel like that really is the theme that I like to convey that this is really fun. It's actually quite creative. The idea that throughout the year, we have to think creatively on how we can keep our clients newsworthy, relevant, interesting. It's fun to put people on TV. It's fun to be on TV and you really should have fun with it. And I think that sometimes people just take all of this a little too seriously. And so that I think would be the most important message that I'd want them to take because while it matters, it's a really cool part of running a business that is great if you kind of have the right attitude and approach to it. So I think that would be a takeaway I would hope people would take because it can be so intimidating and overwhelming. You think, no, it's just TV. <laughs> it's just TV. 
I feel like it'd be an honor, right? Because if, if they have a segment on whatever, if it's, you know, back to school, something in your business does something with that and they chose you, they probably had 10 other options. So to be that person, it's, a, it's an honor. So even though you might be nervous <laughs> or think, why me? It really is. I agree. But I think if you want to take it seriously, you want to show respect, you want to be polite and gracious, but they also want to have a good time in the segment too, because they're working in newsrooms all day. And let me tell you, newsrooms are not fun places. And that's part of the reason I left. And so if they have a guest who they love to talk to, and you just bring a light and a passion for your business and what your expertise is, they're going to say, wow, we'd love to have that person back again. Right. And so that that's what I mean. So yes, it is such an honor, but it is also a lot of fun. So show that passion and, and excitement and joy and energy, because then that makes them more inclined to have you back. I mean, unless of course you're being booked to talk about something very serious, then, you know, show respect to that, but that should go without <laughs> saying. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. I am so appreciative of you really clearing that up for myself and for all the listeners. You really shared the who is it is it great for the when you should do it and the why and and the how actually so i really appreciate you being on the show today and hopefully gave some really good clarity for our listeners and in, in the middle of them growing their business that's great i'm so glad it's what i love to do well thank you again for being on our show today i appreciate it thank you i hope you enjoyed today's episode please be sure to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. The Woman Choosing Growth Show is not just another podcast. It's a tribe of women helping each other grow. So please share this podcast with all the women entrepreneurs that you would love to see succeed. If you'd like to know more about customized business advising through Cultivate Advisors, download business tools, or sign up for upcoming events, visit www.womenchoosinggrowth.com. Once again, that's www.womenchoosinggrowth.com. Remember, we are in this together. See you on the next one.